live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, on Thursday, August 17th, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. A new front opened yesterday in an escalating battle among Democrats over how to handle large numbers of immigrants crossing the southern border and moving into major cities. Dana Rubenstein, Nicholas Fandos, and Luis Ferre Saturni reporting in the New York Times that the leaders of New York City and New York State, where officials say the arrival of migrants has set off a humanitarian crisis, seemed to turn on each other this week after the state sent a scathing letter accusing the city of resisting its help and being slow to act. In a letter Tuesday night, a lawyer representing Governor Kathy Hochul faulted Mayor Eric Adams' management of New York's migrant crisis in sharp terms, puncturing the appearance of city-state harmony that the two leaders have spent much of their tenures cultivating. New York City is struggling to accommodate more than 100,000 migrants who have arrived after crossing the border, more than 58,000 of whom remain in city shelters. Mr. Adams has said that the city is running out of space and funds to support them and has criticized President Biden, saying the president and the White House have failed New York City on this issue. His posture has infuriated top Biden aides. Republicans have already honed in on the migrant crisis to attack Democrats ahead of the 2024 elections. Hochul has been cautious about taking any actions such as executive orders to compel unwilling counties to take in migrants that could lead them to amplify those attacks. In statements after the letters uh, became public on Wednesday, both the governor and the mayor sought to minimize the perception of conflict between their administrations. Hochul's response may also reflect another calculation. New York City has a legal obligation to provide a bed to anyone who asks for it, Governor Hochul indicated last week that she was concerned the judge might extend the right to shelter mandate statewide. Here on the East End, immigrant advocates Tuesday night renewed calls for Riverhead Town Supervisor Yvette Aguiar to rescind her emergency order originally intended to bar migrants and asylum seekers sent from the border to New York City from being relocated to Riverhead. Alec Lewis reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that representatives from immigration support groups, including Olaf, Eastern Long Island, and Long Island Jobs with Justice, sent correspondence and addressed the town board during its meeting Tuesday, urging board members to have empathy for people arriving from foreign nations and to have a welcoming attitude to potential newcomers to Riverhead. Aguiar declared a state of emergency on May 16th due to a, quote, immediate danger of public emergency of hundreds or potentially thousands of persons being transported to the town of Riverhead, according to her emergency order. John Servini, a Catholic priest, told the Riverhead Town Board of his experience of volunteering at St. John the Evangelist Church with Sister Margaret Smith, longtime leader of the North Fork Spanish Apostolate, who died in December. Father Servini said the people... Uh, Smith helped find housing and employment on the East End, would come up to thank her during meals they shared together after Mass. They became part of the local community, the priest said. Quote, the culture that we are in needs to be reversed, Servini continued, and it's town halls like you that have the power to change the culture and make it a welcoming culture and not a culture of fear, end quote. Staying in Riverhead for this next news item, the Heart of Riverhead Civic Association is hosting the EPCAL Watch Group at the Civics Monthly Meeting this evening for an update on plans at the Calverton Enterprise Park. Denise Civiletti reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that the meeting, which is open to the public, will be held at the Vale Levitt Music Hall on Peconic Avenue in Riverhead from 6.30 to 8 p.m. This evening's presentation by members of EPCAL Watch and their invited panelists will discuss plans aired by Calverton Aviation and Technology, a triple five group company for vacant land at the former Grumman Manufacturing Plant. CAT is in contract to purchase uh, 1,644 acres of vacant land at EPCAL, including the site's two runways from the town of Riverhead for $40 million. And finally, a Suffolk County resident who died was found to have a rare bacterial infection tied to people eating 
raw or undercooked seafood or exposing a wound to seawater. State officials announced yesterday, Lisa L. Colangelo reporting on Newsday.com, that the individual who was not identified had uh, vibriosis, which can cause a breakdown in skin and ulcers. Governor Kathy Hochul announced in a news release, it's not yet clear if the person died from the infection or if they came in contact with it in the waters around New York or another location. Uh, New Yorkers who have wounds should avoid swimming in warm seawater, according to New York State Health Commissioner Dr. James McDonald. In addition, he said people with compromised immune systems should avoid handling or eating raw seafood because it could carry the bacteria. Long Island scientists said the bacteria can flourish in warm, slightly salty water. Quote, this bacteria is known to thrive at high temperatures and brackage a brackish, low salinity environments that, according to Dr. Christopher Gobler, director of the New York State Center for Clean Water Technology, uh, which has tested for other species of the bacteria, quote, given the summer heat and the repeated tropical deluges of rainfall that have driven down salinities here, its recent emergency does make sense. End quote. Three cases of vibriosis were reported in Connecticut in July, including two people who died. Officials from the Connecticut State Department of Public Health said all three patients were between the ages of 60 and 80 and were hospitalized. People can become infected by bathing in contaminated water, especially if they're in one of the higher risk groups and have an open wound. Reading the weather here in Southampton in honor of cookie queen Kathleen King of Tate's Bake Shop. Joining us for the Thoughtful Thursday segment, underwritten by Grace and Grit. Looking like a slight chance of showers, then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m. today. Mostly cloudy otherwise with a high near 75 degrees, east wind 7 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight a chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low around 71 degrees. Southeast wind around 9 miles per hour. Right now it's 70 degrees. I've got the Cookie Street edition prepared for you this morning. Uh, Roger Street Friedman joining us for a Studio 51 at the bottom of the next hour. And here's my disappointment. Not a lot of great songs or a lot of songs at all with Cookie in the title. Let's work on that. Musician friends, uh, gonna lead you in with some uh, with Don't Say Nothing Bad About My Baby by the Cookies. Then I got uh, Adam Payne Band's Chocolate Chip Cookie, Squirrel Nut Zippers, Cookie. And if um, I don't know if I'm feeling it, I'll play Cookie Monsters. C is for Cookie from uh, a Sesame Street record from 1992. Jane Taylor, Neil Diamond, Billy Joel, and JJ Kale. After that, our very own Nancy Atlas. Then Tim Buckley and 21 Pilots. I'm Jenna Volpe. These are the cookies. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
You're listening to WLIWFM, news you can trust, music you love. When heard on the other end She tries to misdirect or disconnect All these words of love I send But then I feel the passion The pain that just won't go away My heart, I try to ration I can wait forever and a day Adam Payne Band Chocolate Chip Cookie. In honor of our favorite chocolate chip cookies, Tate's. We've got Kathleen King coming in here very soon. You're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I call her Cookie Cookie. Oh, how I love her. Cookie Cookie. I can't live without her. I don't care what the people say All I know is that I got me some, baby 
Nut Zippers here on Long Island's only local NPR radio stations, Cookie Songs in honor of the Cookie Queen, coming in for our Thoughtful Thursday segment, underwritten by Grace and Grit on the Morning Midnight Show, The Heart of the East End on WLIWFM, music from all decades and genres, interviews with folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener supporter of WLIWFM. I had trouble finding cookie songs, breaking the mold just a little bit, replacing the C with a K. Uh, Michael Mackey said, what about cookie cookie, lend me your comb? So we're going back to 1959. Ed Burns right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County Streaming online to wherever you might be at WLIW.org slash radio. It's news you can trust, music you love on WLIWFM. Kiss me. You're the maximum, utmost. Well, 
Cause that's the kind of scene that I dig Baby, you're the ginchiest <laughs> Ed Burns, I'm gonna hop over Cookie Monster C is for Cookie From Semi, uh, Sesame Street Songs of Joe Raposo 92 I'm gonna play one by Jane Taylor uh, From the Montpelier Record of 2006 My Street on WLIWFM News you can trust, music you love. Down on my street in a cafe Young man is scribbling, sipping a latte Smokes his cigarettes down to the core Thinks he's Sartre, but he can't write a birthday card Across the street, a girl with a smile Talking on the telephone catches his eye And she's really an alien, you wouldn't know Dressed in an overcoat out incognito they are Only pretending Down on my street Not what I see You could be anyone If you know of you but don't be surprised cause you pretend
transitioned from the cookie tracks to the street tracks that's called My Street by Jane Taylor and I'm going to take it as a sign to start with North Sea Road for this interview uh, very very grateful and excited to have Kathleen King of Tate's Bake Shop in the WLI WFM studio for the thoughtful Thursday segment Underwritten by Grace and Grit. We're talking about Kathleen and Loie Bundy Sickles' Cookie Queen, How One Girl Started Tate's Bake Shop. Sickles has been on a roll writing stories about American entrepreneurs with her From an Idea to series, including books like From an Idea to Disney, Nike, and Google. Then decided she wanted to find a female entrepreneur who built an empire all on her own. How perfect to feature Kathleen King, our very own cookie queen, whose signature green bags are found, gee, just about everywhere. Kathleen, where can't you find Tate's? Um, I, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really sure. You know, I <clears throat> left Tate's about n- nine years ago, and I, I think they're, uh, well, they're everywhere. They're, I mean, they're, I mean, I, when I had it, I thought they were kind of everywhere, but now they're really everywhere. So, did was it a tough, was it a tough decision <laughs> to to let go and? Uh, or, or or not? Yeah, no, no. I, I, it was my my plan. Um, I had a certain age picked out when I was fifty five. That that was my plan, and that was my goal because I I gave up so much in my youth for work, right? And you can't buy time, right? So no, you can't. I just said, wherever the business is at at fifty five, that's where I'll be at. So let's. That brings us back to North Sea Road. Let's talk about. Uh, Growing up and really, uh, I mean, talk about manifesting success. You spent so much of your youth really almost engulfed, obsessed to find (laughs) the perfect chocolate chip cookie. But it was because you you wanted something. It was it was born from, uh, you know, wanting clothes for school, (laughs) wanting to support yourself. Right. Wanting what uh, I assume maybe other kids had, that was something that was big for me as a kid. Yeah. Well, you know, it, what was great out here growing up back then in, in the 60s and, and 70s, you know, we, we all kind of wanted the same thing. Like yeah. there weren't a lot of people that had more mm-hmm. per se. <laughs> um, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I just was raised in a family where, you know, if you wanted something, you, you worked for it. We, right. we had everything we needed. But there was nothing extra for what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and if you wanted, if then I wanted, you... then I had to work for it and right. get it. And you know, and and there was no, there was never a financial safety net. Right. You know, so I knew going into adulthood, there was no financial safety net in college. If you I want would have a car, to pay for, if I had a car, I wouldn't buy a car. You know, anything I ever wanted like that, moving from a child to buying clothes to the future was on me. And, you know, and I also grew up in a household, which was fabulous, is never once did I ever hear, if you marry somebody, you know, or marry somebody with money or do any of that, like it was never, it was always you. Yeah, you, you got this. You need to do this. Yes. You need to make this. You Are need you to grateful that. for that, for that messaging? I'm so grateful. You know, I, I say all the time, you know, uh, my parents are responsible for everything because I would have never survived my life without their style of upbringing. Right. But then again, back then, I, I say, you know, the style of upbringing is all our parents should have been arrested and we should all be dead. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> times times have changed. changed. But, but when I think back and I think about uh, if I could point to a singular moment in my childhood mm-hmm. that – contributed to the person I am today mm-hmm. it would be my mother mm-hmm. as when I was little saying look I'm not gonna buy you a car yeah so if you want a car or you want anything you get you better get a job 
Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you have to start teaching work ethic and, and, and money and saving from, yes. from like, yes. from like two years old to put the tissues away to, you know, slowly moving up. I mean, we used to wash dishes and have to stand on a stool because we were too right, short. Right. <laughs> but, and, and so for you, so now North Sea Road, has North Sea Road changed? Certainly where you grew up has changed a lot. Yes, it has. Well, the farm is on Noyak Road. Oh, on Noyak. Yeah. Pa- and, well, North Sea Road then turns into Noyak Road. Okay. Um, but the whole thing, North Sea Road, Noyak Road, you know, it's a highway. Mm. It's a highway now. It's a country road. I used to walk at night to my my friend's house when I was oh like gosh. 10. You know, I ride my bike on Noyak Road with no no problem. Uh, now it it's, you know, the trap. It's just sad. That's all I can say. It's like immortalized, though, in Loie Bundy Sickle's mm-hmm. book. Yeah, it's really pretty. The the illustrations um, that Ramona did are, are amazing. I sent photographs, and you know, I would be like, okay, you know, you have to make our eyes blue and put freckle and change this, and the truck is not red, the truck is yellow, blah blah blah. Um, you know, we, I'd laugh with my sister, and I'd say, the only thing that yellow truck doesn't have is the duct tape that held on the door. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we. You know, we so kept a little fantasy. Little things, yeah. We kept a little fantasy in there. Right. Um, but look, when I first had the book in my hand, it, you know, it made me a little teary. <laughs> okay. So there is, I want to, I hope that this interview can be instructive in a way. Uh-huh. I want to help uh, young women, young people uh-huh. uh, to, to, you know, uh, realize their dreams and whatnot. It has not always been all sunshine and rainbows, right? Oh, God, no. This journey to yeah. uh, the Kathleen King who sits in front of us today. If you could go back, um, business is a its a crazy, crazy world, right? Uh, what, what are some things that uh, you might have done differently or not done at all? Well, um, you know, it, it's hard to say because it's easy to look back and say what well, we've done different. But in, at the moment and in that timing and who you are at that time mm. is, for me, is always always do your best yeah. in what whatever you have today. Right. And that's it. Sometimes your very best is was better yesterday. But right. today, that's all you've got. Um, but always just give what you got. Give what you have. It's give, the best. Give all you got. Whatever you got, what was what was something uh, going through that was that was like really very challenging for you? Uh, well, uh, you know, working working all the time was challenging. Right. Um, you know, one of my greatest loves of the business was people, mm-hmm. and also also the most challenging was people. You know that 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 was. Um, difficult you know manage, managing people and then you know they were the the gift to me and and how I got to where I was you know right. and my customers amazing supportive unbelievable like when I lost my first company it was like the made for tv movie um and then you know and then some like just like make you, you stand talking? there and wonder do you mind talking a little bit about that because I, I, there's I'm sure there's people out there who don't know that story of the yeah. first company. Well, um, you know, I had a company, Kathleen's Bake Shop, for, for 20 years. And I made a bad business decision and lost that company. What was it? What was the decision? Uh, to take on partners. <laughs> and uh, I guess that's kind of what I was what I was hinting at when I talked about advice. Yes. So when well, it comes to taking on partners, what would you tell young entrepreneurs? Don't ever do it. Oh, don't do it. What do they say? Uh, partners are for dancing? Well, I don't know. You know, it, you know. I always say, you know, taking on a partner for business is like a marriage, but with no love. Mm. So imagine how hard that is. Mm. And uh, so you better make sure that contract is like. And I think airtight. also taking on a partner, people take on partners. I think for a false sense of security. Mm. And you know, because I don't want to be alone, and they can help, and we can do. And but then you have these all other set of problems to navigate with that person. And I just find it much easier navigating on my own, yeah. honestly. And, but the transition from Kathleen's Bake Shop to Tate's Bake Shop, when I had to recreate myself and brand, et cetera, um, that's, where, that's where the gold is. That's right. where the lessons are. Yes. You know, and, and for people in business, you know, my biggest advice always is you have to take the emotion out of it. You can't be emotional. Um, you can be passionate, fair, and kind. But emotional, no. Right. Because you can't execute. 
when you're emotional because you hold yourself back. You and think how do too you much. Do that? How do you take the emotion out of it? Well, I, I took the emotion out of it by basically getting dragged behind a truck for about a year. Right, right. <laughs> Where every single thing That'll learn went you. bad, went wrong, was hard. Um, and, and that's how I learned um, and was able to put that into action and see the difference was mind-blowing right. for me in, in business. I mean, Kathleen Space Shop was successful, but Tate's... Uh, went to where it was because I was a different person. Right. I was a different person. I love that stuff because uh, as we often find, it's it's these things that you think are tragedies in the moment, right? Oh, yeah. That end up being the most valuable teachers. Yes. Well, I always say, you know, what have you learned from happy? Not that. <laughs> Not much. Oh Maybe I'd God. like a little more of that. Right. <laughs> you know, and I loved, I remember uh, speaking to your niece, Julia King. Yeah. And she was telling me, uh, you know, my aunt told me, uh, if if uh, maybe you're having success in one market, but look, look outside of where you are, mm-hmm. because there could be people uh, out there yes. who who want you. Yes. Well, that's how I got into the wholesale business, because, you know, Southampton then was a very small town. And very sleepy after Tumbleweed Tuesday, as we right, called it. Right. And uh, I just didn't want to be that slow in the winter. I wanted year-round staff to make my life easier when summer came. And that's when I went into the city and started wholesaling cookies there. Because I'm like, I can't, you, you can either sit here and wait. You're at the mercy of who walks in your door. You can only do so much. Right. Um, or then you get out there and make it happen. We love it. So grateful to you, Kathleen King, for making it happen for yourself and for all of us. Oh, thanks. Without you, we would not have Tate's Cookies. Oh, thank you. And that would be <laughs> such a tragedy. All right, so so uh, before I let you go, how was the signing? The book signing was great. Um, like I said before, I, I, I'm always deeply touched for anybody that shows up for anything that I do because I value time so much and when people give their time to to see me or get something that I've created it, it still just touches me deeply it's a beautiful thing I ask your local bookshop for Loey Bundy Sickle and Kathleen King's Cookie Queen how one girl started Tate's Bake Shop uh, if you don't see it on the shelves, they'll be able to order it for you. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Kathleen King. This is, you know what? I'm going to bunny hop past Neil Diamond because it's only right to play a little Billy Joel. Here on Long Island's <laughs> only local NPR radio station, it's the Thoughtful Thursday segment underwritten by Grease and Grit on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, news you can trust, music you love. Judge the junkies, stay close to me for a while, for a while, for a while. Say, boy, you got to get streetwise. Hey, little boy, you're a baby, and I'm stay out of harm's way right here with me for a while, for a while, for a while. Right. 
little jab you just arrived Try it for size for a while, for a while I didn't bunny hop past Neil. I gave him right to you. Here's Billy on WLIWFM. J.J. Kale, Nancy Atlas, and Tim Buckley leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour. Cherry Street and Pleasant Street. WLIWFM. Down on Cherry Street, all the girls are looking fat. Are looking nice. 
going to have enough time for Tim Buckley's Pleasant Street from the Goodbye and Hello record of 67 uh, to get it in before the NPR news break uh, at the top of the hour. So we're going to lead you in with our very own Nancy Atlas and the Nancy Atlas Project. Cherry Street from the Cut and Run record of 2017. You're listening to the Cookie Street edition of The Hearts, the weekday morning and midnight show on Long Island's only Local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, news you can trust, music you love on 88.3 and 96.9 FM, depending on where you're tuning in from on the uh, in Suffolk County, streaming online to wherever you may be at WLIW.org slash radio. in the kitchen Voodoo red in the living room In the backyard There's a chicken He's scratching around for his food And life is sweet When you leave I mean 